Well, hi everyone, and uh, it is, it's great to be with you, and I, that was wonderful, I mean, um, to see Rico, to hear his story, I, you know, I never get tired of hearing people's stories, and particularly when they're at their baptism and seeing a baptism, it's, it's uh, something I can see again and again, and I hope we do see many more of them. So I intend to take this moment, really, to tell you what happens to a person who is, uh, who's come to that place of baptism and also what it means. So a few weeks ago, my, my wife, uh, through fa- Facebook contacts, uh, my wife Des, she heard about something that we both knew many, many years ago and that this person had uh, suffered actually tragic loss. I, I think I... I would say it terrible, but actually it was quite tragic. The circumstances were tragic. And uh, they'd been part of this group that we were a part of when we were at Teachers Training College. And the person who my wife was talking to suggested perhaps we would get in contact. Well, we hadn't seen them for over 40 years. That gives away a bit of my age, I realise that. But uh, we hadn't been seen them for over 40 years and... And we texted them and said, was it all right to call? And, and it was fine. We made the call. We had a, a, a really good conversation. We reminisced about college, which of course you would. And, and then he said and, and his, that his memory of Des was that um, she was, always had a kind word for him. And, and then he said, and, and Neil, and I sensed a hesitancy at this point. Just a, you know, a slight pause. And he says, well, um, y- you, were, you were a character. <laughs> well, you understand when someone says that, everything's on the table. It's all on the table. I mean, that's, there are many options with you were a character, you know. There are many options. That, and I, I really understood. I think, in fact, I thought he, he was quite diplomatic to do that. And then with a... He sort of followed it up with a sense of bewilderment. And he said this, he said, um, how did you ever get to be a leader of a church? Wow, listen, this is a remarkably good question. And I suspect that he wasn't the only one of all those that I knew 40 years ago who had probably asked that question. Uh, He knew my past. Most of you don't. I'm not going to put you through that. But he he knew my past and and knew what I'd been like. And hence the question, how did I ever become a church leader? Uh, And and in truth, I was always reticent, to be honest, to go to revisit this part of my life. And um, you see, because it wasn't tinged with any sense of glory, I can assure you. Now I said, in Christianity... Uh, to believe in God means that you believe in a God of miracles. And that is exactly what God has done in my life. I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle of the kindness. I'm a miracle of the mercy. And I'm a miracle of the grace of God. And I told him that. I became a Christian and that was what happened. So the first thing I, I want you to understand here today is that Rico and, and those who were 
baptized today, this, uh, this morning, I want you to know each one of them is a miracle. To become a Christian is an absolute miracle. It has nothing to do with um, it has nothing to do with where you were born and how Christian your nation is or isn't. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with whether you went to church when you were young uh, because your family did. No, it's not to do with that either. Or that you're a good person. No. It's a wonderful, gracious work of God. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's a personal encounter with God himself who reveals himself to you. And that it's just a miracle. It says in the Bible, it's by grace we've been saved, through faith. And then it says, and that not of your own, just in case you get any ideas, this is all down to you. It's not, it's not, it's a gift of God. Now John in his account of Jesus, in the first chapter of John, he says, he gave the right and the power to become children of God to those who received him. He, give, he gave this to those who put their trust in his name. These children of God were not born of blood and of flesh and of man's desires. But they were born of God. You know, my friends, it's a God work. To become a Christian is a miracle. And that's why the Bible calls us a new creation. I don't think we really unpack all of that. You know, a new person. I, I think we, we sometimes think we might be re-engineered. No, 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 no. We are a new creation. A Christian is a new creation. He is a new person. You really have to get that. It's, an, it's not an upgrade. We don't do upgrades. You become a new creation. It's just brilliant. It's just wonderful what God has done. So, you're a miracle. Now, the second thing is, is that, well, why baptism? And Jesus' last words to his disciples in Matthew's gospel were this. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is what followers of Jesus do. So I don't want, to be under, I don't want you to be under any illusions here. This is what they do. They're baptized. So, and Jesus did it. And then you read the, the and then you see the disciples did it. And then the apostle Paul did it. I mean, that was the practice of the early church. So when the apostle Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 6, he, it, this is paraphrase, he says, remember your baptism. You know, they all did it. It's very direct language, baptizing them. I hope you notice that. It's not a suggestion. So, for those who believe in him and therefore go make disciples, and I suggest you ask them if they would like to have an opportunity to get baptized. No, it's not a baptizing them. No suggestion. It's not an invitation. I know here, this is our culture. I do understand this is our culture. And we have what's called exploring baptism. But in fairness to you, I just want to say, we use that title so that you actually can explore it and you can see the importance of it. But this, this is very direct. In Peter's first gospel message in Acts, he, he gives this gospel to the people 
And, and then he just leaves it. And they go, what do we do? What do we do? And he says, repent, be baptized. This is just, my friends, it's a command. You don't have to wait for a special moment. And I found that a number of Christians have waited for a special moment. You don't have to do that. If you follow Jesus, be baptized. You don't have to be a Christian for years and then get baptized. Follow Jesus. Get baptized. I remember the day uh, my wife got baptized. And, and, and in the pool, it's pretty basic where we were, in the pool, there were spiders. Well, spiders are okay, but the size of these things, you know. I thought tarantulas have invaded uh, the great, you know, Great Britain or whatever. They were huge, but she didn't bat an eyelid in the water. Baptized. That's what you do when you follow Jesus. I'm saying that to you because you may not know that, and I want you to know it. And therefore, take the opportunity and ask questions as to when you can get baptized if you haven't already done that. Had Des and I reached a level of maturity? No. We just heard the message and got on with it and got baptized. Now that's the practice. Now what does it signify? Why have millions of people gone through this strange <laughs> practice of getting wet? Why, why have they done that? Well, if, you, if you're not used to this, and, and it may seem weird, you know, and all that cheering and yelling and applause... It, I just want to say it represents some really significant images. And firstly, water, of course. And to state the obvious, water is how you wash. You have to explain this to children, I do realize that. But water is how you wash. So you go in dirty and you come out clean. You go, un, you go in dry and you come out wet. Here's the point. You come out different to how you went in. It's a really important, it's an important moment in a Christian's life. And the, the Apostle Paul identifies this, and he gives an account of his story in uh, Acts chapter 22, and he's explaining what happened to him. So you heard that, that phrase, Damascus Road experience. Well, that's the Apostle Paul. He had this Damascus Road experience, encountered Jesus, and, and then this man came to him. God sent this man to him, and he says to Paul, it's quite clear, Paul has, ah, oh, got it. This is Jesus. This is God. And so he says to him, now, and now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. And wash your sins away, calling on his name. And wash your sins away, calling on his name. Forgiveness, my friends, is possible. It is possible to be free from the weight of guilt, like a shackle around your neck, is possible. To start all over again is possible. It is a heavy burden to carry, is shame and guilt. But God's forgiveness is immensely powerful. I know that in my own life. There's just the sheer weight. It's wonderful. There was a, I read of a policeman who served in a vice squad in Canada, and he himself had been uh, guilty of sh shady behavior and um, 
extramarital affairs blew his marriage apart. And he recently became a Christian. And at this prayer meeting, he just sobbed unrestrainedly, sobbed and sobbed. And then he, and it wasn't about sorrow. It was about, he was just amazed afresh and in awe of God's love for him. And then he cries out in that prayer meeting, you saved and healed me. He said, I don't understand it. How could you? Do I get that? How could you? Oh, the forgiveness of God. You know, the things we've said and the things we've done. And it's not just that. It's, it's the weight of shame, the memory of shame and humility that comes with the things that we've said and the things we've done. Oh, and washed away. It is a wonder. It's an absolute wonder. Past, present, future, all washed. Why? Because Jesus took that on the cross. He took, he died for our sins. Now, the second thing about baptism is that it's a burial. And so uh, it, it, it's a reenactment in one sense of what Jesus did. So in baptism, they die to their old life. They bury in this pool, they bury their old life. You know, the water is not anything special. It's just water. And what is being signified is burial. So leaving their old life down there in the water. And then we lift them up if they paid us enough. No, I'm only kidding, only kidding. But and we lift them up and raise them to new life. I mean, that's the significance of baptism. We're saying that what happened to Jesus? He died. And then a spirit of God raised him from the dead to new life. And that's the same that happens to the believers that they buried with him in the, in, and they died to their old way of life. And they're raised to new life. The fact that Jesus died and rose again is not just true for him, but it's true for you Christians. And it's true for me I'm included in that, at that action of dying and rising into new life. I'm still going to make mistakes. I, and, and I'm still going to, I still have much to learn. But you'll find that the whole direction for a Christian has changed. That's why it's so miraculous. And it, it's no longer me, 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 me. But it's God, 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 God. I, I want the things of you, Lord. I got rid of that, buried it, and I've risen again to new life. The rising again is significant to new life. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. It's not a reinvention of the old, my friend. It's a new life in Christ. And this is what we saw on that video. We just saw that rising again. And this is wonderful. So it's a washing, baptism is a burial. Resurrection, and it also signifies belonging to another. In, in a letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says, you are not your own. You don't need to remember, you're not your own. And thinking about all the major ceremonies in life, they invariably have this, they invariably have this essence of, I am not my own. So christening, or something that we do here, is dedications. And in that ceremony, we essentially state that the child belongs to God. 
I'm not my own. And then in adoption, for instance, the child is given over to someone else. You are not your own. Weddings. 45 years ago, my wife and I made vows to one another till death us to part. Though I am not my own. These are important vows. I am not my own. I belong to another. And in the funeral ceremony, we entrust the person to God if they're a believer or into the ground. You are not your own. It's the centerpiece of Christianity. You are not your own. I'm no longer a slave to passions and desires. I've been bought with a price. Precious blood of Jesus Christ. I belong to him. I'm no longer uh, sitting in the fear of face of, in uh, the face of death. I'm not my own. I belong to another. And when they're in the pool, you'll notice that they ask that question. And they say, do you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And the answer is, yes. I'm not my own. I belong to another. And then because of your profession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I am not my own. I belong to another. You know, I am unable to put right all the wrongs I have done. I can't do that. The people I've hurt and uh, crushed and offended, I can't put right all those things. So if I'm going to belong to someone, I can't belong to me. I'm just rubbish at looking after me. I'm just rubbish at it. So if I'm going to do that, I'm going to put my life into somebody who can actually save me and completely transform my life and save me from myself. I'm not my own. Christian, I'm not my own. I belong to another if it's down to me, big trouble. But God, who is rich in mercy, he's overflowing with mercy. And when you think you have drained the tank dry of God's mercy, he just pours in all the more. And he loves to do it. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Don't switch off. Don't try and get away from the tap of God's mercy. You need it all your life. He's the God. He's committed to you. You know, we buy a product and it has end date, use by, best before. <laughs> you know. Listen, my friends. You, you, he has no end date on you. I mean, he he's committed to you eternally, forever. He doesn't have an end date of his mercy. He doesn't have an end date of his kindness. It is, it is forever. It's wonderful. You, can, you, can, you can't outrun his mercy. You can't evade his grace. You, his heart is set on you. That is so wonderful. I am not my own. I belong to another and this is the story of Rico's life. 
and all those who got baptized. And that's why we have a massive celebration. Shout, holler, clap, applaud, whatever, because it's such a big event. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.